You're listening to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, sponsored by R. Clemens Insurance. Nicole is the author of Get Your Own Damn Fish, available on Amazon, and founder of followblackdollars.org, the social networking site for black people. Stay connected by texting FBD to 63975. Welcome back to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, with yours truly, Nicole Goodman. Um, you know my worldview, that I'm, I'm very transparent about my life, and uh, that's been able to help a lot of people, and I really believe and feel that uh, by being transparent and sharing our solutions and sharing our resources, um, it's the only way to bring us together as a community, as a country, and you've, you know, when we share these things and get it out in the open, you realize that we're really not that different underneath. Um, so today I am sitting with Miss Nicole S. Brown. And um, she's a very nice lady. We met on LinkedIn and you know, we reached out to each other and just talked about our book. And I just thought it would be really nice to have another a fellow author on the show. And you know, she's a beautiful sister. She's sweet and a good teacher. And then uh, when I looked closer, bam, she's <laughs> trifecta smart she's beautiful she is accredited beyond what should be possible for any one person okay nicole is the founder and owner of poetry at best literary company she has authored 11 grand poetry collections it's funny when they call it books no these are grand poetry collections with multiple five-star global ratings and reviews and that's just the stuff that came out of her beautiful head. <laughs> um, Nicole is a Louisiana and Mississippi certified K-12 teacher. She holds certifications in chemistry, physics, general science, uh, vocal music, and reading. She is a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, Inc. She holds a Bachelor in Science in Chemistry Education from the University of Louisiana Monroe and a Master of Education in Reading Education in, from uh, Alcorn State University. So, if you are listening and writing is your passion and success is your goal, definitely in the right place and this is your time and so grab a pen grab a pad take copious notes because the teacher is in and without further ado nicole brown welcome to the show <laughs> thank you thank you um just just tell folks a little bit about your background where you're from where'd you grow up i'm from monroe louisiana I grew up here in Monroe, Louisiana. I've only been back here for almost two years. I've been in Vicksburg, Mississippi um, for the past, for about from 2012 to 2019. Um, I'm a mother of two kids. I have a three-year-old and an 11-year-old. I have a three-year-old son and an 11-year-old daughter. Um, I'm the youngest of seven kids. Uh, Wow. Single yeah. Were you the oldest? Where were you in that mix? I'm the youngest. Me too. 
Yeah, I'm the youngest. And uh, I love being around my family. I love um, writing, of course, and I love to teach as well. So I like, and I also write songs and stuff like that as well. But I mainly do a lot of poetry and I would short stories. I would love to, like, actually, it's one thing to read your poetry, but to hear it you know with your own you know voice and passion is for different is is a whole different level i'd love to share some poetry sessions with you i i wrote a couple but not like you <laughs> you a beast you are a beast uh what what age did you start writing like i started writing around 13 12 13 years old and i was in a creative writing class in in school so that uh, afforded me to be able to um, write a whole lot more than than others because it was a create it was an honors class and um, being that I liked before I began to write most people that like to write like to read as well so I read a lot um, and I still read a lot. I love to read, um, and that helped me be able to write uh, fluently by reading a whole lot that awesome. was written by others. Um, beautiful. When when you um, you know writing all this poetry and stuff, what what made gave you the decision to? open your poetry up to the public like that and put it in a book? Well, I was going through a lot in the, and personally, I had got out of a bad relationship that I was involved in for like 10 years. And I felt like women needed to know, you know, that they were not alone. And also I just wanted to, as a teacher, you know, I wanted to give, another side of me to the world um uh i'm totally i can totally identify with it was that a scary move for you when you first published your first book it was because i didn't know what i was doing i was just i just jumped into it actually i saw a, a ad on facebook about um writing your book and I clicked on that ad and was and 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 was compelled to actually just start writing. How long book. ago was that? That was, was in that was in two thousand nine. Okay. So you've been doing this for a little while. I just, I just published my first book, that first book when we connected on it in October. And um it was I was terrified when I, you know, first sent it over to the publisher or whatever, um, into KDP. And all night I tossed and turned like, oh, my God, you know, people are going to be reading my life. And then the next thing is, oh, my God, what if nobody buys my book? So uh, I totally identify with that. And then, you know, everything just started snowballing from there. Um, yeah. it, but how did you push? How did you push through being able to open that up? I pushed through by with help 
uh, with support of friends, a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of close friends bought my books. And then, you know, it multiplied from there to people that were total strangers that were buying from all over the world. And um, I'm a well, I'm a true believer in the power of prayer. So I'm spiritual. So I believe, you know, God helped me through it as well with, you know, being, having fear and in actuality, that story, the story that I'm talking about as far as the first book was, my first book was um, School Days, Holidays, and All Days Live Between. But the first book that I actually worked on was All About Slime. And it's a poetry journal about a woman, well, actually just me, Leaving a leaving a tormentous relationship as being a mistress to a high power high powered attorney, and then I wrote another one in 2014 with the refusal to return to slime, as if you know I'm not returning back to that lifestyle, even though I had some tough times financially. All right, so uh, when enough was enough. It's just, you just jumped out on faith. I did. Beautiful. And I lost, I lost a lot, but I gained a lot as well. You know, I lost a friend. I lost a lover. I lost a confidant. But in the, in, in the meantime, I gained myself and I gained books of poetry and I gained freedom from being oppressed that so I, I gained a lot that is real talk uh, so when you talk when you say that you lost a friend and a confidant you're talking about all this one person in your in your past relationship right all right um and it's it's uh it's such a that's a worldwide issue that's not a you know just a one person issue and that's why it's so important to be you know transparent and share about like situations like this because somebody somebody somewhere is going to act a whole lot of somebody's going through that and sometimes you uh when you weigh that loss and what you could gain there's no comparison you know you said you gained yourself i gained myself because it was parts of me that i didn't know that i could operate in it was certain things that i i was blocking myself for being able to do on my own because I was so dependent upon that one person. So that wasn't really healthy at all. That wasn't a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Woo. Um, can, uh, can you expound on that a little bit? How, when, when you finally, from the time you, when you finally left before that, when you made your decision to go look for yourself and be yourself, and kind of what that time frame is it was like it took it wasn't overnight that I just upped and left that person alone it took time it took you know it took um prayer it took people you know it took support group going to support groups Mm -hmm. and people holding me accountable you know for my behaviors 
to um to just finally just up and leave that situation. It took being around other women that were like that were like minded and was going through the same things that I was going through, um, to actually just get up and move on. I had to get out of that situation, and the way that I got out, uh, I was. People didn't like, people in my family didn't like the fact that I left, you know, because he was pretty much my all in all. He took care of everything. He was like, he was like my husband, but he was really not my husband. He was taking care of me better than some people's husbands was taking care of me. Mm -hmm. So it was, um. I, I got a lot of backlash, but I got a lot of praise at the same time. I got a lot of backlash from people who were in the similar situations, but I got a lot of, I'm sorry, I got a lot of praise from people from in, in the similar situations, but I got a lot of backlash from people who were not in the similar situation, but they were benefiting from me being in that situation. Wow. Um so it so it and and it, without the context it sounds like you left this awesome guy and just said i'm gonna go find me so, yeah basically what i did and i had to go it was to the point that i had to go into hiding because that person was trying to hunt me down he tried to hunt me down for about five years wow um but i left was, you said I left Louisiana. Was awesome. Okay. Yeah, I left Louisiana and started my life over in Mississippi seven years about nine years ago because you know that person would not give up on me. He was trying to get me back. He was was he physically abusive? No. Um, it was a mental torment. As you talk about how great he, he took care of you, but you said it's tumultuous at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because it was heartbreaking because of the simple fact that he did not choose to want to be married to me legally. Mm. He kept wanting to marry people that were of higher, that grew up with higher socioeconomic status than I had. Me, I was a roundaway girl, and mm -hmm. he wanted. And he was around the way guy, but he was he became successful, and um, he wanted. I'm sorry, that's my child in the background. <laughs> that's mama. Mama is at work, and mama at the same time, because that's what we do. If we ain't doing five things at once, something is not gonna get done. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he. He was a roundaway guy, but he became successful. But he wanted to leave that life alone, leave that life alone in the in the in the light, but in the dark, he still wanted to be a roundaway person. Okay. You know, he still he married girls that were not from the hood or whatever. He didn't marry that. He he chose not to marry that because he wanted to stay out of that life. And he felt like that lifestyle was too shameful to deal with. Honey, who you is is who you is. Don't be ashamed of it. No, you can't be ashamed from being from the hood because there is good from the hood. There is good from the hood. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's, let's get back to you and your life. <laughs> wow, 
because uh, uh, as you talk and I got flashbacks, I'm a retired uh, police officer and I was a street cop for five years, you know, first responder and a crime scene investigator. So in my own neighborhood. So um, nobody calls the police when they're having a party. So I've been the one to show up in those situations and you show up to these nice houses and everything looks beautiful from the outside, but there's black and blue and glass all over the place. And, you know, so that chaos. Um, and I've had, I've escorted, taken women to women's shelters and, and dealt with that um, from the perspective of having to protect um, people that have been out there and on the run. So uh, I applaud you uh, for get, having the strength to not just leave, but even leave a whole state just to find yourself and, and have some peace, you know, in, in your life. So kudos, sister. <laughs> you know, then we can add one more to the list. She's smart. She's beautiful. She is credited and strong. Do that. <laughs> she is square, not a trifecta. <laughs> Um, so when you, when you, I told you I'm, I'm a true fan of you, lady. Um, so now let's get back to your writing. When you're, when you're writing, when you get ready to sit down, do you have a special place um, or a space that you go to? to focus? Sometimes I do, and sometimes I can just get in this mode and I can just write anywhere. Sometimes I'm like sleep asleep and have and think about something and wake up and cannot go back to sleep until I finish writing wow uh, that's how it was with my very first poem do you keep a notepad by your bed yes I do note folks that's there's a learning moment that's a teaching moment notepad pen and pad keep it close I keep a notebook everywhere I go and if I can't um reach my notebook I use my iPhone that part, you know, use what you got. I was, I was just talking with a gentleman. I do, I think a lot while I'm driving. And my house is all, uh, my car is always silent. If I'm by myself, I don't need music or anything. That's my opportunity to re reflect on my day, think about my next meeting. And, you know, and I get a lot of ideas. But I need to become better at you know, grabbing my phone and dictate. Because by the time I get home, boop, it's done fell out the Swiss cheese. So, yeah. Uh, when you do have your, your, when you do like really set up and you decide you're gonna write today, do you have any like uh, settings, rituals, like music? I I like candles. I have my jazz playing in the background. Everything has to be spotless or it'll be a distraction. I have to le leash the dog so I can extra extra. What's your rituals? <laughs> I like to listen to different types of music, and it doesn't necessarily have to be quiet or clean really 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 clean but uh <laughs> i need a clean space right yeah i need a clean space and um i can just sometimes just go outside for a few minutes and come back inside and be full of full of things to write about wow. or sometimes I'm just can hear other people's conversations and write upon it you know You're a professional or eavesdropper too <laughs> professional eavesdropper <laughs> yes uh, you obviously draw your inspiration from everywhere. a lot it comes from everywhere and lots of it comes from music in in uh everyday life wonderful um 
And I just, you're an awesome person. You really are. Um, mentors. Do you have any mentors in writing in, in writing books and stuff? Um, not really in writing books, but I have people that in my life that are strong, um, strong prayer warriors, strong people um, that help me um, with dealing with dealing with life situations and I guess with dealing with that that does help me drive it does help me with the drive to run want to write more books um because I have not only biological parents but I have spiritual parents as well and they are phenomenal people of God and they um encourage me to write about not only about you know spirituality but whatever comes to mind they're not they're real people they you know i have a erotic book that i never released because being that i'm in a teaching profession at this particular time you know it it, it brings upon a lot of fear for it was because my uh, for my nine to five, but mm -hmm. I do have a erotic book that's, you know, in in the making, but I haven't released it yet. You got an uncut version of a, one of your books. I was looking, it's, it says clean cut. And I was like, yeah. oh, if this is the clean cut, then what's the other one? That yeah, I have a clean poetry. cut. I have a clean cut version of All About Slime. And I have a clean cut version of who do you love? And then some of my stuff uh, may have like life support. It's kind of rough. Starts off rough, but it ends up it ends up godly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about a thug who had a near death experience, and he um once he had the near death experience, he had a talk with God, and that he uh changed his life for the better mm -hmm. um momentarily when he woke up from from the near-death experience mm -hmm. so it's, it sounds like um yeah a lot of your your what well, your books are about life and different situations so it sounds like you really have something for so many different people that uh, can read and identify with I do. themselves in it Mm -hmm. and, um, and that, I mean, and that's a caveat to those who want to write, not sure what to write about, write about what you know, write about how you live, write about, you know, the things that you see and see how it comes out. You know, um, that's how get your own damn fish came around. It's just me on paper. Yeah. So, um, give, uh, give our new writers three pieces of advice. If they want to get started in being, um, a professional successful writer um start small uh don't give up and be prepared be prepared for what be prepared to speak about your writing at, at any given moment be prepared to sell your product you know you could be in the in the grocery store and you can hear somebody talking about something, you know, that may pertain to your book. 
mm-hmm. one of your books and just be prepared to say, hey, I have something for you that that may interest you based on what you just said. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid. I'm going to add a fourth one. Don't be afraid to get turned down because a lot of people will turn you down, but um, you have to keep on keeping on. Right. There are 9 billion people on the planet. So don't stop asking for it until you get to the 9 billionth person. Ask somebody else. In most of marketing, we call that three-foot rule. You know, anybody within, within three feet, if you can hear them, they can hear you and share your product because they may need that help. You, know, you may have that, uh, what they need to help get them over. I appreciate that information so much. Um, so you've talked about uh, your successes, and we did talk about that. The, the biggest loss that you dealt with, uh, you know, leaving and getting out of that situation. So since you started your new life on, on this trek of being a phenomenal author, name some, uh, give us some big losses that you've dealt with and, and how you got through them. I lost some friends. <laughs> Why? I did. <laughs> okay, when you say you lost them, because of your writing, like. Yes. You know, because of, you know, doing what I chose to want to do, I lost some friends because they weren't and they didn't believe in, you know, having have me having a business or believe in having a business there themselves. Mm-hmm. They just believed in just working a nine to five, you know, and that's all they wanted to ever ever do. And they thought that me becoming a writer was the most stupid thing that I could have ever done. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that you know, that I wrote about, they probably can identify with it and say, this was about me or mm-hmm. this was about me. But I'm like, no, it wasn't about you because it doesn't have your name in it. <laughs> that part. That's real talk. Right. There's a whole lot of you's like you. you know, um, when my uh, when I published my book, I only got one. That's I just got finished with a workbook that was requested by a psychologist. But that was the first book so far that I've ever I've released. And within 12 hours, I lost half my family. My side, uh, my two sisters. Now, my sister's name, their first names, you know, are in the book. But even in the court of law, I've, I've testified in two capital murder trials. So I know what you can testify to in a court of law. And you can testify to what you heard or what you saw personally. I said, these are my sisters, their first names. I saw this, I heard this. And then, okay, so more about me because it's a book by me about me. And, right. uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Hawaii. So my family, my sister, one of my sisters, most of my family's in Ohio. So we're six hours apart. <clears throat> so by the time I woke up the next morning, uh, I get notifications, you know, I was following my one sister. I'm like, oh, what she post? She cussed me. I was, if I'm getting mad. Who put your name in a book without, without permission? I, and then, can we say lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I cause like, what is the problem? I have read, I had actually read her a couple of the stories out of the book a few years before it was published and before, uh, several months before I left her home in, in Ohio. So... But what's the big deal? And it turns out, and then I called my oldest sister, and me and her are really tight. So one sister's proud, one sister wants to sue. My, sister, my proud sister lives in Las Vegas. So I call her, and I got tears 
and my eyes like WTF. She said that um, that morning um, she had just gotten off the phone. She got a phone call from my aunt, my mother's sister, who uh, did my she did my hair for 17 years. Every six to eight weeks, I'm in her basement for three hours getting perms and getting my hair. So we chopped it. We we're close. You know what I'm saying? So I thought. And she said, yeah, uh, she called me and her daughter called my other sister. And uh, they were in the room together. They all on speakerphone, they listened to each other. And the, the aunt and my cousin were trying to convince my two sisters to sue me. And they ain't got nothing to do with it. They trying to convince them to sue me. So, yeah. and within hours, not even a whole day, my entire family was split and then I, before the end of the day, this cousin, that cousin, that's in backlash, just yeah, backlash, and then this cousin, go Nicole, go, yeah. Friends the same thing gone. happened to me. Wow. Yeah, lost family too. Yeah. So I mean, it's a you know, if you you're you're listening, you want to do, um, you you want to be a professional, something. You can't let your family, you can't let your friends, and you can't let any outside forces um, discourage you from you because you can't you can. please everybody. And, uh, and, I, and I found out the hard way, especially in most level marketing, the ones who will dash your dreams on the rocks, the hardest, the fastest, and the deepest are the ones that's closest to Close you that you thought was going to be. Whew, no. So, yeah. Uh, yes, man, we are kindred spirits beyond our first names. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, it, okay, and so kind of just for fun. I ask, these, yeah, I ask these questions to everybody. Uh, other than your profession, what else? What other profession you think would be fun to to try? I would want to own a bed and breakfast hotel, like one of those antebellum homes. That's what I would want to do. I think that would be fun to um, plan weddings and to plan those big, big, fancy um, banquets and stuff like that. I think that will be very, very fun to be able to um, give tours and to learn the history of the home and the history of the city or whatever that the home is in and just elaborate to people that come to visit from all over the world, you know. That's that's beautiful. Kindred spirits. Okay, so here I am. I'm on three acres. The upstairs ain't fit. I said, I organic lifestyle club i want to bring people out give tours <laughs> um kendra spirits that that's phenomenal okay if you could sit on the park bench for an hour talk to anybody past or present who would it be and why michelle obama because <laughs> i want i want to know you know what it's really like how does she really feel to be in their white house for eight years have you read her book, Becoming? I haven't read a book, but I need to get it, get a copy on uh, Kindle. I, but I still want to know, I still want to know face-to-face, foremost, upfront and personal. I'm going to get that phone call. Uh, I've, I've been listening to her book on audiobook. I, um, like you, used to love to to read. And then I was in a car wreck um, as a police officer in 2001. 
and put my head into the windshield. And so a lot of stuff changed. I had a photographic memory. I still do. It's just I cracked my camera. Um, but um, it was a lot of times when I would try to try to read a book again, the words would move on the page or um, my thoughts would be so all over the place. By the time I got to the bottom of the page, I had no idea what I had just read. And it was so absolutely frustrating you know, with the anxiety and PTSD. And so I, you know, I would start listening to audiobooks for a while. But even still, I would zone out, you know, saying and miss so much and have to rewind it. So getting back to being able to look at the uh, look at information or intake information on a on a you know audio book or whatever, I actually had to work on. And then I wind up writing a book, writing a book, and want people to read my book. But I don't read books because of that. But it's not because I don't want to read. It's it's I have to make an extra effort effort to be able. And to some read. people, some people do just like with my degree in reading. There there are different types of um, strategies that teachers, reading teachers, use to help. Uh, people um, read better and to um, focus on what they read, what they just read. Um, sometimes we cho choose a strategy called closed reading and we read one, we might read one page one, three times, or we might read one book three times and we read it for one reason the first time maybe for the theme the first time and then the second time you'll be looking for you know the main idea and supporting details and then on uh, the third time you may be reading to dig out you know uh what was the author's purpose so even though you've read it three times you got three different um perspectives from that um, from their reading and so that helps people that really don't like to read you know it helps them to be able to pick out certain things that need to be picked out so when once they um, read it that many times that they get a full understanding of what what they have read that's awesome and that's a phenomenal technique uh, <clears throat> not something that we had and I had, I had psychologists um, up until I left Ohio to come here, and um, unfortunately, Ohio's workman's comp program is uh, so archaic. Um, <clears throat> it, a lot of other, a lot of doctors in other states don't want to deal with Ohio in particular. And here in Hawaii, I've not been able to find any doctors that will accept Ohio workman's comp because, for one, they don't want to pay to local scale don't want to pay on ohio scale and um secondly they've got all this extra uh paperwork on top of it to make it extra difficult for people to get the help that they need and so you know i haven't had you know access to my doctors since i left so because like i said that was something that we had to work through for years um and because of that issue uh, what else is written out are your bills and letters. And so for those two, three years, I had problems even opening my bills to pay them. So I wound up filing bankruptcy for almost $300,000 because I had the money in the bank and the paper here. Can you see what I'm saying? So 
being able to work through that and having to deal with so many issues behind that. So you giving that technique, uh, I appreciate you so much. I told you I'll be taking more notes than asking questions. <laughs> so I really appreciate um, you coming on the show to help me and help others that are dealing with these um, situations. Reading is yeah. absolutely important. It is because it's a skill to pay the bills. And if you don't have that skill, then you won't be able to pay your bills. And that's what I tell my students. I'm like reading and math. Those are the skills to pay the bills. If you don't have that skill, then you're, you're going to be totally lost in this society because, you know, money makes the world go round. And even if you don't, you don't know how to, um, you may not want to read a twenty, uh, three hundred page book, but you should want to read your bills because you know you might be charged for something that you're not even using. Right, uh, you know what? Some of what burns uh, math and science were my two favorite subjects in in school from beginning to end, and it burns my backside when I hear kids say, "What well, I need to learn algebra for? I ain't gonna never use it." I, I, my, my granddaughter, when she was in the fourth grade, and she happened to be in my house and need help with her homework. She was learning fractions, um, 25%, 75%. I went and got four quarters. I said, baby, math is your money. <laughs> okay, you put a dollar sign in front of it, you'll pay attention to it better. And here's an algebraic equation for you. If you work so many hours for this much money in uh, uh, an hour, and then you got a second job that, that you make this much times this many hours, then you got to subtract how much it costs for you to get to work and eat some lunch and pay for childcare equal how much you're going to have to spend on either bills and or kicking it. That is an algebraic question, equation. You're going to be using it algebra is. forever. <laughs> right. You're right. All right. So that's a hey, connected with money. You know, you'll pay better attention. Mm-hmm. Right, so, uh, tell will. folks where they can find you and your books. You can find my books um, pretty much anywhere on the World Wide Web um, at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. A I just Book, googled your Powerful. name, and a Hawley's list of Nicole Brown's books popped up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can Google my name, and it'll pop up. And I have nine titles, and two of two or three of them have um, different clean cut versions and uncut versions. And I have um, School of Hard Knocks, School Days, Holidays, and All Days that Lie Between, More School Days, Holidays, and All Days that Lie Between, All About Slime, The Refusal to Return to Slime. Um, her her Trials list of, of accomplishments I tell you is long, long. <laughs> Trials of a Northeast Louisiana child. And I have two personal websites that you can get my books from authornicolesbrown.yolasite.com or etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash poetry at best. And we are gonna make it super easy for everybody to find out who you are because where you and I are going to have a conversation later on about putting your links on the followblackdollars.org website. I want to, um, I'm going to talk with my webmasters about creating a reader's page and a reader's corner. And so um, author Nicole S. Brown, 
Stop spelling your name like mine. Your mama spells your name right, N-I-C-O-L-E, not N-I-C-H-O-L. <laughs> um, spelled my, she, my mama spelled it wrong. I've been defending it for almost 50 years. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to come together, and I want to make sure that uh, the black community, Follow Black Dollars is a social networking site for black people. And I definitely want to make sure that we have you on our site so that, uh, you know, you can share your works with the world on our platform. And if they can't find, you know, if, if they're not sure which Nicole Brown and all over, because I tell you, I Googled her and it was, I, she's everywhere. But you can de you'll definitely be able to find her on the Follow Black Dollars website because we have got to support the Sister Spirit. You just wrote your first novella. Yes. Explain what a novella is, and uh, talk a little bit more about that. A novella is a short novel. It's a novel that's less than less than twelve chapters. Okay. And really, it's a novella because it has poetry in it too. So she it's a hybrid. <laughs> she made her own <laughs> smash up. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> what, what you wound up going from poetry, so you didn't go from poetry to story writing. You just expanded your poets, poetry into stories, right? Um, I dropped off the end of the part where we started talking about here in Hawaii. I am very, I'm very much looking forward to having you here. You are welcome at my home anytime. I am building a, uh, like I said, a an organic lifestyle. Uh, club here and we're finishing two rooms two suites upstairs and I would love to have you out yet you know it's about 60 fruits vegetables and spices growing here and I would Whoa. love to have you out and take you around and show you the Hawaiian experience just get here and I got you girl <laughs> okay we gonna talk I love you to pieces um, was there anything else that you want to share with our audiences today no, but other than I enjoyed the experience and I would like to go to Hawaii as well. Yes. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Nothing here between space and opportunity and the flight. Just flight. Just book a flight. Let's talk about it. Book a date and a flight and we are going to do it. Yeah. All right, ladies. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Let's, did you want to add anything else? No, we're about to go eat some crawfish. Wow, ah, man, listen, uh, we can connect on some food too. Uh, yeah, so we we are gonna go. Out. I told you she was sweet and meek, and I I told her um, when I, I sent her emails like, yeah, girl, go ahead and you know show off and kick and you know freestyle if you want to. She's just like, hi, hi, Nicole. How are you? Just <laughs> a sweet spirit, but don't let that fool you. Uh, really, milliseconds of genius, and uh, and I, I love that you have you accepted my invitation. And thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on the show today. All right. Well, thank you. Peace and love. Um, every day in every way, get better and better. And you guys come back uh, to Blog Talk Radio uh, slash four slash Real Talk with Nicole for our next show. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.